I would look at the culture because the, the tradition in the founder is very often that we build our tools this way, we treat them melt this way. And a study like this could probably kill some of these learnings over the years. And welcome to this gold nugget on the, from the S2P conference in pressure. For you to, to know the conference, the S2P conference is the conference for anything about semi-solid and want to give you our findings, the interesting things that would be ideal for you. And today we're going to talk about what we found at the conference. Yeah, two and a half filled days. Many, many presentations and uh, researching from I would say pretty much all over the globe, right? Exactly. Yeah. From Japan, China, Europe, America, India, Brazil, India. Mexico. Yeah. Some strange things, though, right? The spread was incredible. Uh, we talked about from our side uh, venting with tools, and then we have uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning on the other end. Rheology, uh, rheology, rheology. But uh, it's a long time I've seen so many equations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my migrant this morning didn't came from the the, the, the dinner room yesterday <laughs> because I was pretty pretty fast to go and sleep and early as well, uh, not to mention others. But uh, a very nice thing, very well done by, by the university here in Brescia, I would say. Well organized. Well organized, amazing dinner, as usual in Italy. Food yeah. is delicious and that was, was just a level above that. But to get to it, my first point, my first finding, where are the foundries? We have a great interest, but we don't see the big ones here. Why don't they bother to send at least one guy, maybe not only for listening to presentations and, and, and learn something, but maybe more for getting in touch with this research industry, because it's an industry. If we, if we look at it, the capacity that's poured into rheology, simulations, metallurgy, uh, a lot of aspects, and knowing those people must be incremental if you are actually planning for mega castings with, with uh, some kind of semi-solid, for example. And also, if you see in these conferences, they are basically a few years ahead of that what will come into the industry. And also another thing is everybody saying, hey, we don't have qualified people. Here are so many students that are dying to talk to industry partners. So where are you? Yeah, that's strange. So, so if you're working in a big foundry group, or if you're actually working at a design center uh, designing uh, new platforms, I, I think you should take a, a visit to at least the proceedings and then book for 2025 when the next one is, is, is on. Where? I don't know. They're deciding, they could, right, they now. Could, they're deciding right now yeah. where to go. Yeah. I hope for a sunny place with good food. I hope for, for pressure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's pressure at the, at the lake or the seaside. Hawaii, maybe. Oh, that sounds nice. Maybe ah. We should tell them about it. <laughs> Maybe I've had my beers in my life. Anyway, another takeaway that I have, um, we see machine learning, neural network computing. We, we, we see a new level of computing science going into our industry, right? It was a big revolution for me to see these physics-based models. They are around there for a long time because you know the equations, 
and calculate how it works. Mm. But the physics are just equilibrium phases and the industry, hypersonic like casting, it's all on cycle time, it's the kinetics, and it's hard to fill these gaps with equations. What they, many of these researchers did, they added neural networks, AI to it, to fill the gaps, to take the models and then make it easier by filling in the blanks to get to actual data. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a shortcut. You don't necessarily need to understand everything that happens to the atom when you have a discrepancy between the theory and the practice. And all of a sudden, you actually had an equation describing solidification, rheological behaviors, and so forth. Especially, you have to know that the equation that doesn't work for every purpose, but it has a certain application, a certain range where it's valid, and that's all you need. You don't need to explain the world. You have just your own small place, and if that works for you, that's a huge asset to have. Yeah, but then comes the question, for who? I mean, it's, it's not for, for, for our family back in the days, I can tell you. No, this is far away. But, but if you are actually designing something where the cost per hour is so high, maybe it's not to make sense. I mean, if we take the simulation, for example, we, we all know that they, they simulate a mega casting, a giga casting, call it whatever you like. Um, it's a bit of a problem because no one has done a part like that. And in making it a more certain, more sure, more predictable, no. one of the findings, computing science, walking into metallic, right? Yep. Getting all the information you have. So all the machines, they have a lot of data. They have a lot of things that already getting dumped into huge storage areas, but still the usage of the data, that's the thing that most foundry are lacking. Mm. But who is it, is it for? If we, if we look at it, who, who could actually walk into the conference and say, hey, I would like to have some more computing science? It's who will a benefit? Most benefit will bring for foundries that have them complex casting, because if the, it's like a small machine, small casting, it's manageable that one guy comes there optimize it and it works well. Yeah. But if the casting is getting bigger and bigger, the alloys are more complex. If you have to, for mega casting, if you have set up 40 different heating and cooling devices for different areas, flow lengths for two meters. You're speaking about the multi-sensor technology, more or less. No, you don't need the, you need the outcomes. So you can have this cut curve, this metal temperature, mm -hmm. Shot where it was that, alloy composition of the day is that. But then, then you get the outcome, the quality management results, mm. distortion, uh, metal testing, test bars, and X-ray results. Then you see, okay, with these parameters in that setting, it worked well. If you put in some academic data from some simulations, and then you can basically see, okay, with the AI learning from it, you can say, hey, be in that area, maybe you can change your process windows a bit to optimize it. Yeah, so one professor explained it, they could actually simulate, uh, I think it was six different alloying elements to find the proper heat curve, which is important. Three million, three million calculations. I mean, back in the day, it took me with thermal calc two hours to make one. And now you do three million before lunch on Monday. Imagine the tool we're looking at here, where, where you actually can, can find the result in 
little bit waste the computing power. It's, it's not a limiting factor if you have it. No, computing power is not a factor, especially with these simulations. They usually are more towards um, the power of the processor core. So too many cores are not really being a big advantage. Just a single core performance and mm. or yeah, leave, leave it on for the night and yeah. wake up to a final. Or start it Friday afternoon. Go for a beer and then Monday your research is done. <laughs> we haven't only been drinking beer at this conference. But my biggest takeaway is I think this will revolutionize the simulation of uh, the science, the, the, the flow behavior of the metal. I, I'm dead sure of this because that's the biggest ache. You, you have a fastener somewhere, you have a rib somewhere, you are calculating a certain certain amount of tension in this, getting the megapascal limit and, and actually realize I can cast this without a cold flow, cold shot. I can do it 60 times an hour, I can feed my car production. Then paying a couple of hundred thousand euros for, for a glimpse into a system like that would be an easy task to do. Giving a die casting machine, what, 30 million euros? Yeah. Plus extra. Plus extra for the, all the cell and production flow around yeah. it. So, yeah, but what do you think is the requirements to get something like that running? How often should be the team look like to get it going? Um, that's a difficult one. I mean, the math behind it and, and to control it and to understand that you have a serious result and not the machine learning just giving you what you're asking for because it's like a toddler. Yeah. You, you, you train it in a certain way. I would say guy number one, computing science doesn't need to be a metallurgist. We, we have to stop hugging this thing that it has to be a caster who knows what he's talking about. But that's actually pretty irrelevant for, for this task in the beginning. Because you need a bunch of data sets, you need to generate them in some way, you need to discuss the certainty of it, the dimensions of it. And yeah. In a foundry you have, I think we calculated at home, 64 different variables. And to catch those into that model, it's, I would dare to say that 99 out of 100 casting guys are having their own profile for it. So, so yeah. point number one, hire a guy or a girl who knows something about neural network computing science. I would say the same thing. To start, you need someone that isn't biased because he knows or she knows how the process works. The best thing is someone just looking at the data and trying to derive the model from there. At a later stage, we want to deploy it then you need a casting expert coming in, working as a team, mm. because you have to make sense of the data. Yeah, but the second guy would say, if you have the computing science guy, I dare to say it is your simulation engineer before you actually start, because these two in collaboration is 80% is of the work in the first, first, very first yeah. stage, stage of, of the design phase. I think so, really. Then. You can call LK, Idra, Bueller, whoever, to see if the tool is fitting. Basically, yeah. I, I, know, I know they don't like me to say that, but, <laughs> but, but I think it starts there. And this is cheap as step as well. Yeah. That's risk mitigation. Definitely. And still, if the model doesn't work, you start all over. But as a management team of a foundry, you have to allow for failures to happen and for dragging it on because you don't know the outcome. It's basically just numbers and you have to make sense of it. And that will take time and won't work the first time. Which leads me back to the question, the furnace we saw here today, there are, if I understand the discussion just there, right? They are not that big. They're 
very profitable. They're making good money. But the big ones who should listen to this are not here. Because this computing science thing is maybe not for the family-only company with the five to 15 diecast machines. They, they are, this is way ahead. This is two years before first out of two. Exactly. But maybe it's something if more than one foundry, which are different product spectrum, mm -hmm. collaborate with set up a team working for all the founders, yeah, yeah. that would yeah. be something that could help and all of them have the profits then. But the you asked me about how to build a team like that and I came up with two different roles. I would say before I do anything more, uh, I would look at the culture because the, the tradition in the foundry is very often that we build our tools this way, we treat them melt this way. And a study like this could probably kill some of these learnings over the years. That's, yes. a, that's a feeling I have. So, so the third guy that enters the room is the new culture, where you don't put personal politics or over discussions from the past on how to build a tool and, and uh, all that. Yes. I shouldn't call it bullshit. But, but yeah, you kill the ghosts that yeah. are delivered from generation to generation and get actual factual data in your production. Um, yeah. Another thing I would like to bring up before we, we round this off is sustainability. There are two things that annoys me. Um, we have been listening to, what is it, 30, 40 presentations now? Sustainability has been a big, big factor, uh, big as, as computing science. And what disturbs me is the lack of discussion between the properties, the secondary alloy, and the castability, in short. Because, let's say, we discuss iron and coal, for example. Uh, the car industry will, will, it's a hard task to tell them, hey, use an A356 with an elevated iron content. That will take years. Yeah. But if you want to cast something long slender, you don't want any soldering sticking in that, then you need a little bit more iron. On the other hand, you have a designer saying that I need my 8-9% promulgation, and then he is, again, pushing down the arrow. So here is a discussion that is super important. But we know one thing. Semi-solid, you don't need to increase the arrow that high. So there's an opportunity there. But no one seems to catch this. This is just an example. Yeah, but also if you consider, um, just to give a background, if you have an iron limit of 0.15%, you end up around 20% of recycled content. If you increase it to 0.25, you can go up to 80% of recycled content. Which, which, which is, is what a, you need. Which is what you need. And that's a huge step for a small change. And the properties won't change too much. But the specification don't allow for it in many OEMs. And that's something we need to discuss. We had to deviate from the current specifications to get more scrap into the metal without compromising on the properties. Then there's a third thing. Now I'm the whining, middle-aged, diesel-loving guy from Sweden here, right? Uh, this is a scientific uh, conference. It, it should be in the future, future-looking. I, I absolutely accept it. But I, I wonder a little bit if we need yet another conference that places itself between today and what we are listening today. Because if we're going to do high-performance parts, and we have new players, we have OEM stepping in the supply chain for mega-casting and so forth, where is the discussion of complete chain? Because making a slurry, that's the easy part. Yeah. You have the, the melt hygiene, you have the other composition, which has to be very defined. You have the tool gating, the tool venting, the, the, the whole thing about extraction and, and the deflection of, of uh, 
air cooling, etc., etc. Semi-solidist, what? 15% of this. Yeah. You need an even slurry with a certain solid fraction and, and all that things. And some adjustments for the tool to take it from hyperglide casting into real casting. Exactly. So, so this is my point that maybe this question shouldn't be addressed here. Uh, maybe this is uh, what has to be known in within two years, and, and that's not why we have researchers. But I, I, I kind of think that many big companies right now doing structural castings and looking into the future for bigger and bigger and bigger parts should actually benefit from, from having some kind of information exchange. I mean, how to lubricate your shot slip to get rid of excess oil into it that is causing problems with yep. your irrigation for as a certain example. I and it does sound like you, you have to flab out all your company secrets. It's just to get some ideas implemented as a best practice and also with these exchanges mm. besides the, all the presentations. It's really interesting. You get new ideas. Mm. So for us, we got so many ideas here to talk to about and bring you new nuggets. I think we should actually talk with uh, Professor Joy Forsch and, uh, and uh, Paula and, and uh, the other professors and, and kind of ask them, why, why don't we have an industry summit next year in Russia? It, should, it would make sense, actually, yeah. even if you're just 15 guys, but you're getting some tooling experts and casting experts and, and, and also the other producers in the same room, throw in a couple of sandwiches and a few beers and, and then actually discuss what, what do we think and feel about this? And what do we need to do and what do we need to perform? Because it could be furnace technology, for example. Yeah. There are so many differences and that would be interesting. So it would be great to give us a feedback on our idea. Yeah. Use the comments, send out an email to us. What is the headache for tomorrow? What should we address? And we bring the people into this pod and, and uh, you can listen to that pod over and over again. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think that kind of sums it up, right? Yep, that's a perfect ending. So let us know your opinion on that. And we'll hear you in the next next one. And today Bye. we can say ciao. Ciao. Arrivederci. <laughs>